that's a, that's a good sound bite right there. <laughs> that's not where it goes. <laughs> um, and uh, that should be how you start every episode. Put your name tag on. Welcome to season four, episode two of the Ten Minute Break podcast. Nice dancing, Patrick. Thank you, thank you. I, I really get in my, uh, you know, kind of going when I hear that music. Um, so I'm one of your hosts, Patrick Dowd, joined here alongside uh, fellow host Roland Ragusback. Good to be back here for episode two. And Killian Lyon. Yo. And today we're joined for the whole episode by your favorite teacher here at Jesuit, Coach Paul Hattie. Thank you, Dowd. <laughs> so we got a great show today. Um, here's what we're going to go over. We're going to go over some Dodrin's Bicentennial stuff and including all the tricks in 46. We're going to talk about talk with Coach Hattie about football, teaching, and of course, the West Bank. And we're going to talk in uh, Killian's concerns about some different stuff, possibly some ice cream. And uh, if you've got any... Uh, any questions or any topics you'd like to see on the 10-minute break, make sure to email them at to flores at jesuitnola.org. That email is open for your use. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first, let's talk about Welcome Week and Dodrin's Bicentennial. So, uh, Roland? So you may be wondering, what's a Dodrin's Bicentennial? What is it, Roland? Well, we all know a Bicentennial is a 200th anniversary. But what is a Dodrin's? Dodrin's is Latin for three-quarters of an ancient Roman coin or a whole unit less than one quarter. In this case, that unit is a century. So a Dodrin's bicentennial is a quarter of a century less than a bicentennial. In other words, a 175th anniversary. You sounded like a very formal dictionary there, bud. Yes, I have have the definition of the word Dodrin's bicentennial in front of me at the moment. So where'd you get that? Google. You see, I've got some issues with, um, (laughs) when I Googled it, it told me that you know, bicentennial is obviously, you know, like a technique, it's a Latin term. Whereas Dodrin's bicentennial would never have been used for 175th anniversary in the Latin world. Ooh. And that it's really? more of a modern, Ooh. it's more of a modern term to use as the 175th anniversary. Now, do I know any Latin? No. <laughs> I did take, I did take uh, four classes in college. I'm, you know, I'm, I have enough hours to teach Latin. <laughs> <laughs> that is but true. I, but I do not know. I do not know any of it. That's why I uh, do not. So what you're saying is Jesuit has Latinized our 175th anniversary to just make it well, seem Well, not fancier. that Jesuit has, but that modern society, when trying to celebrate 175th anniversary, has Latinized the, a term to use for that. But I don't know if that's true. It's just when I was Googling it, because you Googled Dogen's Bicentennial, I Googled I couldn't remember the name, so I Googled Latin term for 175th anniversary, and it was a very controversial Google search. Ooh. Apparently so. Do you know wow. what the term was when you looked it up? No, I couldn't remember the name, so I just Googled, you know. Yeah, can someone in uh, the background here, maybe a loco, maybe Flores, look up what the Latin term for 175th anniversary is? I think it's just like kind of as a cap for this discussion. I think it's necessary. So the... The demi-semi-centennial, and then there's um, the terraqua, terraqua-cinquentennial. <laughs> okay. The, oh, this was even better. The septa-quinta, quinque 
We should have used that. We should have used that. Okay. Well, that so awesome. what we've learned is there's harder words to say than Dodrin's bicentennial. That is a shock. That mean the same Dodrin's. thing. Did you think they sat in a meeting and was like, all right, we've got a lot of choices? Dodrin's bicentennial. I 100% I, I, I agree. Think I think they did. That's probably what it came down to. That had I genuinely think that yes. happened. Like it, you know, it feels good off the tone. Why didn't we use the last one, though? The quote, 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 whatever the word was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, like Kevin, word. but in light of that, that great, um, great year number that we're at now, let's kind of look at last year, like what kind of we accomplished. I mean, we had a lot of state success. I was a part of the cross country team that won. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Roland obviously was on that state runner up football team. Killian was a part of that state championship rugby team along with great well, success in baseball and swimming. You know, how do we put that in perspective of? You know, the, the fabled, all the tricks in 1946. I mean, is it, does it compare? Does it, or does it, is it less than that? Or is it more than that, possibly? What, do you, what are your thoughts, all of you? I mean, personally, I think all the tricks of 46 is such a feat because it's never been, it was never done before 1946. And it wasn't done after 1946. And I don't think it'll be ever done after 1946. Because there's just so many sports. You know, like, like many great sports fans, I think you shouldn't compare errors. That's interesting. You're right. 1946, they're probably playing against plumbers and other non-athletes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just, at this point, there's so many sports to that's pretty much impossible to go undefeated and win a state championship in all of them, in my opinion. Do you think it's, to do something similar to 1946, would it take, I mean, just winning everything, quiz bowl, running, swimming? I mean, is that what it takes to... I mean, how know, many that sports was, my was question. it? Yeah. Four. What, what was four sports? sports? It was baseball, Right, football. none of those were cross-country. I mean, you're saying that's all the sports? I mean, some people wouldn't disagree with you, Dad. What, what were the four sports you think? The 1946 uh, Jesuit High School high school won football, basketball, baseball, track, and American Legion baseball, and were all undefeated city and state champions. Did we participate in any other extracurricular sports or that was it? None of it existed None of it yet. Existed. Those are the only sports that existed at the time. Not even Mu Alpha Theta? No. Nope. Mu Alpha Theta. <laughs> Dang, man. Oh, that's what we forget. Last year we won we were state champions in Mu Alpha Theta as well. I don't wanna undershadow that. I mean that And Patrick was also a valuable member of that team. It was. That's right. Quiz bowl. We I don't did, did we I don't I'm gonna say I don't Quiz think Bowl we almost won. lost to Dominican. In the Dominican class, what would that, is but that a problem? It's not a problem. You know, I, I was right there. You know why? Because Dominican rigged that so hard. What? Our quiz whoa, bowl. Whoa, okay, uh, okay, this is gonna have to be a whole discussion for another day if we're gonna right, talk fine, about fine, the Carrollton clash. Carrollton clash. Dominican rigged it. They're coming on our turf this year. That's all I'm saying. I can't wait. I can't wait either, Gillian. <laughs> <laughs> well, Killian, thank you for uh, that insight into uh, the very your, your thoughts on the Carrollton clash. But now let's uh, let's. Let's turn our full attention to Coach Hattie. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm great, Coach. How you doing? Awesome. I'm spectacular. That's Thank great, Kelly. All right. So just uh, a little bit of overview on you. I mean, you're obviously a coach of football here, but what do you teach as a teacher here at school? All right. So since I've been here, I've taught Western Civ most of the time. I've taught American history. I've taught the senior elective world history. Um, before I was here, I taught a lot of eighth grade English, um, Louisiana history. I've mostly taught world history, though. I also teach two PE classes. So uh, it's more of an experience, but a real they versatile, call it class, yeah. real versatile man. 
for all those who have never experienced Coach Hattie's PE class, it is a wonderful experience. I'm a, I'm a two-time Coach Hattie PE veteran. Two-time. And I'm a one-time World History veteran. I really enjoyed Killian that class. Killian was in my World History. Yeah. West yeah. Sev. West Sev. Yeah. Um, so I've heard some rumors that uh, you are the greatest PE teacher to ever come to the halls of Jesuit. Is, do you, can you confirm these rumors? Well, as a state-certified uh, physical education and health teacher, I would say that I am completely adequate. I would never talk poorly about my teacher teammates. I don't think any of us are above or below each other. Um, but I think I'm definitely elevating the bar and allowing people to meet me at the top. I mean, that's just, that's incredible, Coach. I mean, we, we just want to give a thank you for all the, all the good work you do for this school. Thank you, Dave. Coach, a lot of your classes are characterized by very interesting and eye-opening discussions. What has been the most interesting question you've ever gotten in a class? The most interesting question I've ever gotten in a class. Oh, man, that would be tough to do without making anybody feel poorly about themselves. I, I had to have asked a pretty stupid question in that class. I mean, I would nature, you're not interesting, Killian. I mean, I would say that a lot of people... Wow, um, Jesus. The best social studies discussions, you know, without by giving you a good answer without completely great interview, the way you handle being a great interviewee is by answering questions without ever answering a question. So I guess to answer that question without ever answering that question, I would say that um, the best thing about bad but uh, relevant social studies questions is it really opens up discussion for the rest of the class. Right. So if you're in social studies class, don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask a relevant but out of the box question. And if they get mad at you, just uh, tell Mr. DeRosa that Coach Hattie told you to do it. Big Dan. Big Dan. Yeah. Great guy. Um, so uh, kind of turning back towards football, mm -hmm. you know, we had a, a great playoff run last year. Uh, time. It was tough ending. But I mean, just as a whole, the season couldn't have gone much better as far as the regular season. So um, what do you think were some of the keys to that performance last year? And uh, how do we look to kind of build upon that going into this year? Well, I think last year, obviously, I mean, I think going into the – even after the state championship game, defense only gave up at most in regulation 14 points. They only went over 10. Catholic was the only team that scored more than 10 in regulation. Um, I mean, I was going to say Brother Martin scored more than 10, but that – you know, they did not win that game. The game doesn't exist. We won two to nothing, according to the state of Louisiana. So it counts as a zero. Um, and we won a lot of we won a lot of games that were coin toss games, right? Yeah. That the team last year had a great way of finding success um, whenever things were 50-50. And I think a big part of us, you know, mirroring that success this year, especially getting in the district and enjoying a fresh beginning is trying to, is finding our identity and how we're going to become the team that wins those close games late in the game. Yeah, that's big. And then building on that, you know, this is also a question for Roland. How do you, you know, looking at some of our results so far this year, I mean, we obviously had a close win against a, a Slidell team that played us hard. And then two kind of heartbreaker losses back-to-back -back weekends at Ruston and here against Lafayette Christian. I mean, how can we kind of, you know, take those losses and then use that uh, renewed energy to move into district play and try to 
if we have those kind of games, be able to come out on top of those close ones? So, yeah, I think that it's just having, having faith that you're going to make a play whenever. I mean, some people like to overcomplicate sports, right? People, you know, they make these, you know, in all sports, basketball, football, wrestling, right? Even wrestling, there's all kinds of just random strategies and people think really too hard about it. At the end of the day, people who believe they're going to win win more than people who think they're going to lose. Yeah. You know, and I think it's just finding that uh, within ourselves where we are confident that we're going to win when it matters. You know, and, that, and that's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to do in life. You know, being confident that even when things are rough, that you're going to make the right decisions. You know, that's why sports are so great. It, it imitates that. So I think it's just, you know, finding it within ourselves to understand that when things get tough, I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to move forward and that I'm going to find a way to win. Right. Whether it's the next play or the next day or, you know, the next workout, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. Roll. I mean, the biggest thing about the season right now is these two last losses have been so close, and I feel that as a team we need to use this to really ignite something in us, to use these losses as motivation, because losing isn't fun. Nobody likes losing. The team doesn't like losing. We can't get complacent with losing, and we need to use that fear of losing to compel us to win. I mean, obviously, uh, winning's fun. You know what else is fun? The West Bank is fun. What are some things that people might not know about the West Bank that, you know, you can kind of shed some light on here? I think the hardest thing for people to understand about the West Bank is, like, you know, Jesuit's very centrally located. That's why it's in mid-city. Thank you. Okay. So where I am, my elbow's really. All right. So. Coach, Abby, Coach Hattie's having some fun with the desk over there. Yeah, you can't see me, so this whole thing's going to have to get scratched, and we're just going to have to start again. But now we're not because I acknowledged it. And this is just great media, all right? <laughs> so, about the West Bank. What people don't understand, like, I legitimately have children in my class to where I'm like, oh, you know, it took me, you know, a little traffic was a little bad this morning. It took me 15 minutes to get here. And like, well, Coach, I live in Metairie. It takes me 25 minutes to get here. You live in, on the West Bank. You live in Gretna. That is not physically possible. And I have to explain to them how miles and, and bridges, mass transit works. Is it not that you're just driving really, really fast? But no, I mean, typically traffic allows me to go, you know, about the, about the speed limit. Uh, I get here at about, you know, I wake up every morning at 4.05. Okay. Actually? Yes, 4.05 four, four every morning. I try to go to bed at 8.30. All right? At 5 o'clock, I'm either working out or doing the dishes, one or the other. My day doesn't start without working out or doing the dishes. And to be honest with you, I don't work out very often. It's a lot of doing the dishes. I love doing the dishes. He, Fold, also, he also loves folding laundry. Folding laundry. It's therapy, right? You, learn, therapy. you learn a lot about people the way that they fold their towels. All right, you show me your towels that are folded, and I'll tell you what kind of man you are. Are your but, towels neat, neat, and perfect? Well, you see, I have to, in the Hattie household, and we're completely getting off rails here, but the Hattie household <laughs> has two different size towels. All right, Explain. one of them gets folded in half, in half, and in thirds. The other one gets folded. And I'm talking about long ways, hot dog, not not hamburger, yeah. right? Hot dog, hamburger, and then 
one, two, three. All right. And then the longer one gets folded. I'm going to throw that away. The longer one gets folded four times. Just hot dog I'm, all four I'm times liking, or hamburger? No. Wait, here we go. So I, I just do we're, 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 we're doing a diagram, right? So you go, you go yeah. hot dog. Yeah, yeah. For those listening, Coach Hattie is yeah. folding a piece of paper to show how he folds his own hamburger. I am learning And then from one, two, three. That, where most no, that people, is weird. Where most people honest. make the mistake is they go one and then it doesn't fit well, and it looks a little, a little frumpy in the neat the drawer, right? I, I, I'm, I, I'm a pro frumpy towel folder. The third, the third was a little interesting. All right, yeah, all right. I would have done a third a little. Well, that's, you know, from so the yeah, the West Bank. What you got? The West Bank. Oh yeah, um, forgot about that. Oh, uh, coach, uh, coach, um, I'm supposed to eat at Banana Blossom this Saturday. So, a lot of great. I mean, West Bank has a very large Vietnamese population. All right, a lot of great Asian food in general, right? One of the, so if you look at New Orleans' best Vietnamese restaurants, mm-hmm. most of them are on the West Bank. All right, Banana Blossom is Thai. All right, it's it's pretty good. My problem, I got a portion size issue, not big enough. Oh, right. Ooh, we're talking about enough. Roland Waggis back here. And we need yeah, some yeah, portions. This is this is frightening me. Here's the yeah, problem. All right, here's up. the problem. There's so many other places you go right around it and get all of the food. Get all the food. And I've talked to your mother about this. I know she loves banana blossom. <laughs> all right. I know she loves banana blossom, but I keep telling her, tan den. All right. Tan, tan den. den. And the guy makes fun of me every time I call. Now, I call the guy from tan den and he's like, and he's like, Mr. Paul, how's it going? And I order my food. And he's like, you got a large party at your house, Mr. Paul. And I'm like, no, I'm just me, me and the wife. I'm just me and the wife. But great. The egg rolls are square. Really? Oh, right? no, they, they're no. like, but that ruins the roll. It's not an egg roll anymore. Well, it's an it's egg square. A, well, I mean, rectangle. You get my point. I, I get your point. It's oh, kind of, I, oh, I, I know what you're saying. It's it's like, I think they, I think they pre-make the the stuff that goes in the middle. They um they cut it and then they bread it and then they fry it. Is how I assume it would work. Not it'd be hard to make it a square, but Tandon on Lafayette Street. It's right next to a um, racetrack, maybe a Circle K. I don't know who we sponsored by. Neither. Dowd's over here. I caught Dowd in the middle. He thinks I'm just going to talk forever. He's eating a uh, little chicken chicken Caesar wrap. Like a, uh, we do like not this, currently have any sponsors, but we're okay, welcoming well, them an unnamed arms. An unnamed gas station, which, you know, it's a very profitable spot if you'd like it. Um, <laughs> an unnamed gas station is right behind the circle, uh, the racetrack that could, you know, happily sponsor the Tim and Break podcast. What are we counting? What are we counting as the West Bank? I mean... We talking about Gretna and Marrero, so, or are we going all the way to Bell Chase? So, Dowd, we've discussed it, and here's the thing, okay? To me, whenever I say the West Bank, all right, it's like New York. It's the five boroughs. Okay? <laughs> the five boroughs it's, of the West Bank. It's in order from the, from the bridge, you know? It's basically Terrytown, Gretna, Harvey, Marrero, West Wego, all right? Down the West Bank Expressway, all right? And then I know what you're thinking. There's guys out there in listener land. You know, Hoss, who's going to be sit there, and he's going to say, well, I live in Belchase, and, and I live on the West Bank. And while technically true, this is the experiment I want you to do. I want you to ask someone who lives in Marrero, where are they from? And you know what they'll say? West Bank. They'll say the West Bank. I want you to ask someone who lives in Belchase where they're from, and what are they going to say? Belchase. They're going to say Belchase. You know what? That's I want true. You to ask, I've noticed that. I want yeah. you to ask somebody from, let's say, uh, Crown Point, Lafitte, where they're from. They're going to say I'm from Lafitte. Ask someone from, you know, some of them dudes from Hornville, like, like that's the West Bank. They're going to say they're from Hornville. 
All right. Even Avondale. They're going to say I live in Avondale. But if you live in Harvey, right, go ask Coach Bain's father where he lives. And what's he going to say? The West Bank. That, that's a value. Go ask Mr. Bain's father where he lives. And he's going to say Bell Chase. All right. And that's the difference. You know, kind of looking at the West Bank, where, what would it take for you not to live on the West Bank? Do you want to not live on the West Bank? Or? Well, I currently live in historic Old Gretna. You know, it's a great area. Nice little downtown location, um, close to my parents. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, no traffic, maybe 11 minutes from Jesuit. You know, it's, so it's a good location for me. Um, I've legitimately tried to never drive anywhere. So, like, I mean, but when I got hired at Jesuit, it's not necessarily anything against the East Bank. I've been on the East Bank plenty of times, but they tried to explain to me, like, John Ryan was close to Jesuit High School, and I thought that that was witchcraft. I would not believe that. So, I mean, I'm just not, I'm just not good with directions. You know, I like to be where my feet are. You know, it's like life. I don't like to think about the direction of where I'm going, you know? I like to just kind of focus on where I'm at, you know? So directions, uh, the East Bank would confuse me because I don't know where anything is. <laughs> the West Bank confuses me, though, because I don't know where anything is. I just it's just go down it's down not that hard, Kelly. It's the West well, Bank Expressway. Yeah, you drive straight, go. and then you take the exit. And to be yeah, honest with you, and, and, and Killing, in my defense, um, I, so I grew up in Lafitte, right? Further down, you know, close to the water. But, you know, they just, um, when I moved to Gretna, whenever I married my wife and I moved to old Gretna, there was... I live on Stump. Like, I still can't tell you which one's Stump and which one's Lafayette. And that's ridiculous. Absolutely insane. I live on 6th Street. And I'm not going to give away too many information. I live on 6th Street <laughs> between Delhan and Dermody. So if you could narrow it down to anywhere, any of those six houses on that block, you can find it. But I live on 6th Street between Delhan and Dermody. I can't tell you which one's Delhan and which one's Dermody. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Coach, I think Coach is a man of the present. Do you guys want so. to talk about ice cream? Ooh. I can always talk about ice cream. I think, we, I think yeah. we can talk about ice cream. Why don't we, you know what, Coach? I think I'm going to go on a little bit of a limb here. I think we're going to decide that this week's Lion's Den, which is, or kind of Killian's Corner, or whatever you want to call it. It's Killian's Concerns. Killian's Concerns. We're going to talk about ice cream today. Have I gone completely over time? Is that part of the issue? A little bit. But ah. you know what? We're all good. Let's, uh. Give me a podcast. Is meant to be a long. I do go out of studying on Killian's here we concerns go. last night. So wow. This Killian's music. All right, boys. Welcome back to Killian's Concerns, uh, episode two, part two. Let's go. We're gonna kick it off with Coach Hattie. We're gonna talk about ice cream. All right, Coach. Open discussion style. Yeah. Let's right, go, Coach. Let me just just can you give me a, you know like. One, what's your top flavor? Leave me some, some of your top flavors of ice cream. We're just going to kind of talk it out. To me, in my rankings, um, there's two perfect ice cream flavors. All right, so 10.0. 10.0. 10 undefeated. I'll eat it every day. And mm -hmm. I do eat ice cream almost every day. Number one, um, Blue Bell's chocolate chip cookie dough. It's just it's perfect. All right, other ice creams by Blue Bell have chocolate chip cookie dough in it. But then it becomes too much. It's just perfect. The other one is the Tonight Dough. It's got, um, who's that guy on it? The, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy it's Fallon. got Jimmy Fallon on it. And it's just, it's got little Oreo swirls and little brownie bites and cookie dough. And so I'm a big cookie dough guy. No fruit, no nuts, straight cookie dough. Um, everything else I'm good with an ice cream. No fruit, no nuts. Okay. So, so you don't like 
Um, I know some people here like Cherry Garcia. Well, here, I do like cherry-based ice cream. So my grandma, who's you know deceased since then, she ate every night. She ate um, uh, bluebell cherry vanilla with Barks red cream soda poured on top of it. She and she lived wow. to be ninety-two years old. So yeah, well, that's, so I mean, that's, I could live that's forever. Impressive, yeah. Um, that, so let's let's think. We've got cookie dough. I mean, I think. I personally think Ben and Jerry's cookie dough is better than Bluebell's cookie dough. I think the ratio, I don't think there's enough cookie dough in Bluebell's. Oh, and I just think the flavor is better. I like the vanilla. Do, do I like you know what vanilla. I think, Patrick? Okay, I know you don't think I'm speaking. I've never had I don't, think, I don't think there's enough ice cream in a single Ben and Jerry's pint. I will say this. I'm a little ben, guy. Ben and Jerry's would move up my we rankings, and I was Patrick. thinking about this soon if they made. And listen, this is coming from you're asking me a question about Bluebell's chocolate chip cookie dough and you're talking to a guy who since friday has eaten an entire half gallon of bluebells <laughs> i mean that's just it's gone it's not in my fridge anymore i mean you're talking to a guy who taught essay writing to children by describing them a story of bluebells chocolate chip cookie dough every class so i mean i i think it's i think it's fine i don't disagree with you but i mean that's like saying you know like that that's like getting married and telling your wife that her spaghetti and meatballs are better than your mom's. You know, that's just, just what you like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, it's just a personal preference kind of deal. Killian, what, what are your thoughts on his top two ice creams? Well, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, like, being a bandwagon or anything. I do think that chocolate chip cookie dough is the best blue bell, blue bell f uh, flavor. Do you really? I really do. I actually, like, every time I go to the store, anytime I have an option, I will get chocolate chip cookie dough. How and do you feel about cookie two-stop? So that's the thing. Cookies, like it's the, great, but too much, right? I, I every agree. Day. Too much. A little too much. It's a, yeah. No, I agree. What's the what's the formal difference between chocolate chip cookie dough and so chocolate chip cookie dough? You take out the chocolate chips, add uh, like Oreo crushed Oreo, like it's a uh, cookies and cream. Mm -hmm. Basically, you mix cookies and cream and chocolate chip cookie dough. Take out the chocolate chips, which I do think they should. They should have the chocolate chips. I, I think so. But anyway. That's cookie two-step. See, I'm, I'm a more of a fan of uh, cookie two-step than chocolate chip cookie dough. That's because you live extravagant, Roland. That's just too much wow. for me. Wow. You have, wow. have, you have, you have taste. You know, and I'm just a basic man. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the compliment. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. Can we all agree that, like, the, the two differences in, like, just overall frozen yogurt or ice cream flavors are the people who, like, Fruity stuff and the people who like chocolate stuff. I don't know. I think there's some I overlap. Like I think that. there's overlap. I just there don't. Could be overlap. I don't think it's that important of an overlap. Well, in my time I, at Jesuit, I've had a lot of ice cream related discussion, and I would agree with Killing. You would agree exactly. People will say I don't like that, and you'll say, well, "What do you like?" And they'll be, "Oh, I like uh, cherries, or I like uh, gummy bears on my uh, ice cream." But no, it's just their preference of either fruit or chocolate. I think that's a big difference. That more more of a difference than people think. I think it's very similar to the preference of like sugary candies versus chocolate candies. Yes. Most people have yeah. just a complete. Now, I mean, ice cream, literally, like, I don't eat, I don't drink soft drinks. I don't eat, I don't eat snacks. I don't really eat chips. I don't eat chocolate during the day. You know, ice cream is the only thing. And that's, that's just personal preference. It's not like a dietary thing or anything or like the fact that, or like being on a diet. That's just how I am. And every night I finish dinner and all of that, you know, not eating snacks. I just eat all of the ice cream. <laughs> You, you kind of have like a, a sweet tooth almost. You kind of feel like I, I kind of get only that for too. ice cream. 
that, that, that makes sense. My dad mm-hmm. kind of has that. I kind of yeah. have that where, like, I, I finish dinner. I'm, like, kind of, you know, I'm excited for maybe a sweet every now and then after dinner. Yeah, like, every, like, every night, so I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. I put my two-year-old to bed. I come down. Uh, my six-year-old's normally watching something on television. He's a big, big city greens guy. So it's a Nickelodeon. It's a Disney show. It's it's average. You know, it's it's good to watch. You, you watching that, Miss Ford? No? It's pretty good. It, it's no it. it's no bluey. Uh well bluey, that's a that's another podcast. <laughs> I got I'm gonna need time for that one. But we sit there, you know, it's a, it's some of the best time and some of the best time I get of the day. I, I come downstairs, I have to put my two year old down. I go in the fridge, I take out the ice cream, I don't scoop any of it out. That's not me. <laughs> and I sit, I literally so, you know, typical, you know, twenty twenty house. You know, open concept. I got my, you know, my, 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 my island, my island, the TV in front of it. And I leaned up against the stove and I watch whatever, you know, big city green episodes Paul's watching. And he comes and he sits on the stove next to me and we share some ice cream. It's the best thing in the world. That was, uh, might've been the greatest description so far in the 10 minute break podcast. Um, thank you. It really touched me. (laughs) Um, so are there any other flavors that you consider close to perfect or are just way overrated and you don't think are like oh, should even okay. be a flavor? Um, all of the king cake flavored blue belt ones, I think, I think are terrible. King cake flavor should not exist. Yeah, all of the wedding cake, like a lot of people like like groom's cake or whichever one it is, garbage. Don't like it. Um, I think that butter crunch, severely underrated blue belt. Agree. Severely, like nobody ever wants, nobody ever wants to sit down and talk buttercrunch. And buttercrunch, he's like, he's like Kawhi Leonard. Buttercrunch is, whenever before he won the championship, where he's just like, he's just silently putting his head down and putting in the work, getting the rebounds, doing the work, and nobody wants to talk about him. Who is buttercrunch? Buttercrunch is a bluebell flavor. It's it's vanilla. It's basically vanilla and Reese's. Ooh, that shout sounds, out! That sounds good. And you don't that, even know what it is. I don't even know what it is. It sounds right. good though. It's it great. Sounds good. Yeah. Shout, shout out to my uh, my grandmother G. Butter crunch and pralines and cream are her two go tos. I just mm. feel like that should be recognized in the podcast. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm in on that. So I mean that's I mean that's just some impressively great takes. I don't know if you listened to the last episode. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Killian had some mediocre takes <laughs> on on noodles but we're not going to get into that right now Killian can I just ask one question sure Coach Addy do you like bow tie pasta in relation to other pastas yeah in relation to other pastas how about this on a base of spaghetti spaghetti noodles that's mm-hmm. the base would you rank bow tie above that I would say it's a perfectly average noodle they're nothing special. I don't know what they were talking wow. about, but they were so crazy last I thought week. You to and say I were bow tie sharing was the, the second best pasta out of every. I noodle. had bow ties. To, didn't I have bow ties? No, I had a uh, tortellini no. as the first. Well, bow tie was the second. Who, like who thinks this guy? No, and but I'm that saying guy. like who thinks like like what do most people think is the best type of pasta? I said tortellini because you had that. You can have stuff. I mean, if, like you don't go, if, if you don't go spaghetti, small. you're trying to be smart, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Like you're overthinking the project. I mean, that's the point. You gotta, and, uh, the you know, like here. nobody asked you to show your work. Like and spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti did not make Killian's top five. Did not, it did not make my top five. Spaghetti's honest. It's, it's very bland. It's basic. Well, it's what do you? Noodle. I mean, they are bland. I, really, I don't know why I said bland. 
I'm just saying spaghetti's basic. You know what I, I didn't was mean in, bland. When I was in college, the old LSU rec, I don't know, I haven't been in not rec, the um, you know, the, the student union, they have a they had a pasta place. Cool. Well, but it was like Subway. And you know, you walked in, you picked your pasta, you picked your sauce, <laughs> you picked your meat. It was fantastic. You know, and I, I just wish like sometimes like I, I wish that I had that like option. Like I wish I could go to the like Subway, but not Subway because Subway's not very good and just Ooh. be like, yeah, I'll take some Take some bow tie and some red sauce and some meatballs. Thank you for joining us for season four, episode two of the 10 Minute Break podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Dowd, alongside other hosts, Roland Wagisback. Thank you for listening. Killian. Appreciate it, y'all. And uh, our special guest today was Coach Paul Hattie. It was really fun, guys. Let me know when you want me to come back. <laughs> it, hopefully soon. All right, well, thanks, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you, folks. Uh-huh.